Well, we're always researching good music. We just know whenever we don't want to end up in FCC violation territory. Do you have Sorry. any idea what the top song on the charts is in the Billboard Top 100? It's not this, by the way. Um, hold on. I bet I could do pretty good. You know where? I've got two hippie dippies that I drive to school every single day in my 8 and 13-year-old. Is it Dove Cameron Boyfriend? No. It is hold not. On. Harry Styles. It is As It Was by Harry Styles. First Class by Jack Harlow. Are you familiar? Um, Yes. Heat Waves, I definitely know. Gosh, those seem old. Yeah, those is this this week? Yeah, no, I'm, it is. April 30th, yeah. It is. Huh. How about that? It's like from the future. Okay, what song did you say? Uh, I said, look, A, B, C, D, E, F, U is still in there. I said Boyfriend by Dove Cameron. What Liv and Maddie has become recently is, um, it's something, y'all, it's something. Oh, there you go. 37th and moving up. Yep, moving on up. The it, Hot Ten riser. weeks on the chart. The Hot Riser. And now. Wait a minute. Last week. 35. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Go back up real quick. I remember whenever I was a little kid, dude, I used to love looking at the Billboard Top 100. Because I always wanted to see if 99 Luft Balloons by Nina was moving up. <laughs> It's a great song. It is, right? I loved it. Um, so it's moved up from 44 to 37? Is that good or bad 10 weeks on the chart? Trending on up. Okay. Trending on up. You and I in a little toy shop with a bag of balloons. Buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got. Yeah, see, I can. I never understood what she was saying. So it took me until I was like in my 30s to figure out what was being said. In yeah, you don't, really need to, you don't really need to know dun, what's dun, being dun, said. Dun, dun, dun. Dad, give me the 45 of 99 Loof Balloons. Just imagine my dad. He's probably like, you, he, you had like the single? Yeah. That's awesome on a 45 In fact, pack? I remember. I still have it. I kept them all for some reason. I had it because I think I thought at one point in my early 30s I'd be able to like sell them and make some money. And I realized – if you ever think you're going to make money off selling an album to an album store, you ain't. Just um, listen to. Just don't do it. Just listen to that clip of Gary yeah. Baba Booey from the Howard Stern Show <laughs> selling vinyl. his pieces of vinyl. It doesn't work out so well. It's like when you resell your books. But yeah, I had that, and I had "Oh Mickey, You're So Fine" from Tony, which I'm sure, <laughs> nice. which I'm sure really disappointed pops whenever he would hear that coming from the 45 in my room. Oh gosh, what is going on in there. I am really raising a champion. All right, um, time for the top five stories today. Listen, I don't know I don't know if we've ever had a bigger comeback on the Air Comfort Solutions text line than we've had today. I, I mean, I'm just saying. that There was one good text to the show in the first hour and a half of the program. Boot and rally. But as we like to say in this business, it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. Indeed. And Great text, which we're going to get to in a bit. But first, let's go. Top five stories of the day is hour three is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years, called Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 405703. What? 405-703-4245. We'll Thanks. get out of that in uh, editing. That won't even exist. No one will ever even hear that. All right, big story number five. Number five. Oh. There are so many tabs that are open right now. On the Plank Show's computer, it's not even funny. <laughs> um, I have the NFL draft at three. I have the NBA playoffs at two. And I have portal season at number one. But I, I almost feel like at number five, we need to take a moment to kind of recap our conversation with one JT Gasso. Because 
Josh, this is um this is a big week for reasons outside of maybe the opponent that you're playing. And to me, I think we've talked about this a lot on the program. But to me, these midweek games haven't been situations where Oklahoma has struggled. Right? They have they have gone into their midweek games and they have dominated. But they didn't play all that well a couple of years ago against the Ruse in the first game. And you don't want to be the team that allows any kind of momentum to get going for someone. Now, with that said, Kansas City is 10-30 and 30 on the season. They're not good. So I say it's a big game because you go out and you take care of business, period, on Thursday night. Because what did Coach talk about after Saturday, uh, Friday's game into Saturday's game? Sooner style. Go out there and look the part, and they did. You go to Kansas, who, again, it's been a bit of a rough year, but a win over Oklahoma makes everything better for Jennifer McFalls and the Kansas Jayhawks. And they've played tight in some games this year, too. I feel like every single time we've played Kansas in Kansas since I've been the play-by-play guy, we've kicked the snot out of them. But we'll see. It's also a team that's 13 games under 500. I mean, that should be the expectation. Right. They're 2-10 and 10 in conference play. So my point is, even though they they did play Kansas pretty tough and almost be, excuse, excuse me, Texas pretty tough in almost beating them in the first game of their series, Texas needed a walk-off to beat them in their, well, a, a run in the seventh inning to beat them. Uh, back in or late March. And they beat Missouri this year, which is a really, really good team. But since they've beaten Missouri, they've won like three games, including two losses to North Texas. We had Kansas City tomorrow, Thursday night game, and then off to Lawrence for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sooner softball, number one in the country, playing well. Tonight, big story number four. Number four. OU baseball is on the road as they square off against the ORU Golden Eagles. Boy, man, this was this was quite a weekend for the Oklahoma Sooners. I don't know if we've really taken a moment to immerse ourselves in what they did offensively. But now you carry over that momentum, you hope, on Friday. Or excuse me, tonight. <laughs> to what's been a an ORU team that's played pretty well since the last time you faced him on April 5th. 46 it, runs in a three-game sweep? Yeah. I mean, yeah, swinging it well. Yeah, for, for Oklahoma. ORU, on the other hand, has only lost twice since they last played Oklahoma. And one of those wins included a 12-inning thriller over Oklahoma State. Now... They lost two games on Saturday against North Dakota State. Their first two losses since Oklahoma and ORU played back on April 5th. Where did we end up? I know Oklahoma State's up to 28. Okay, so the Sooners have bounced back a little bit after this weekend? Number 34, RPI. Because the weekend before, they had dropped down to, what, 37? Um, ORU is not going to help them too much on that front. No, it's actually it's probably going to bring Where's OU Kansas back State? the other direction. Is Kansas State in the top 100? Because they've had a weird year. 
Yeah, they're at 86. They're at 86, but they're trending up. Um, that's going to be fun this weekend for Oklahoma and Kansas State. I, I, there's some weather issues up in Lawrence. I wonder if we'll end up with a doubleheader one day and maybe get a chance to get back up here on Sunday. Or knowing my luck, that doubleheader will be on Sunday. Tennessee's really good. Dude, what Tennessee's doing in college baseball this year is absolutely amazing. Notre Dame's number two in the RPI. Look who's, number, look who's in the top five of the RPI right now. Look Georgia Southern f- and Dallas Baptist. <laughs> and they're, five, they're five and four in the Mo Valley, Dallas Baptist is. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee volunteer baseball and what they've been able to do this year is just – it's ridiculous. Number one Tony non-conference Vitello. strength of schedule for Dallas Baptist. Number three – for Georgia Southern. I mean, that's that's it right there. What does Oklahoma's numbers on that look like? 33rd, non-conference, not bad. Not bad at all. All right. Um, and look where they're at in the RPI, 34. Big story number, where are we? Three. Big story number three. Number three. By the way, I didn't really put a good finish on that. Oklahoma, ORU tonight. They're playing baseball. First pitch will be coming your way on the Sooner Radio Network at 6 p.m. with T-Row on the road in T-Town. We'll have you covered on our flagship in Norman, 1499.3 FM, the ref. All right, NFL draft, NFL conversations. Um, what I didn't ask you. You don't like the idea of Kansas City moving up in said NFL draft. No, I don't. Not at all. You'd rather wait and see what can fall to you? I just think... I mean, clearly, if you're doing that, you're getting rid of one of the first-round picks to move up. So, to me, Kansas City needs quantity right now. They don't need one really, really quality player. They need a couple of quality players. Here is what one Brett Veach had to say BV, about trading players. When you have Pat Mahomes, I think we're wired to, to go after it every year. And even though you make, may make moves and may trade really good players – it doesn't mean that there'll be a counterpunch and that we'll try to you know, be aggressive in another way. I think you just have to be smart and, and, and flexible with what you do, and I think what's needed to do that is draft resources and cap space. And so just because you trade away great player doesn't mean you know, we're in a rebuilding mode by any means. It means that we're just going to find a new set of resources and, and try to become aggressive. Yeah, I'd hope we're not in <laughs> rebuilding mode. You got a freaking Patrick Mahomes. I can't believe he said that. Uh, That's almost laughable that he said that. I get right. what he's saying, but I mean, right. come on. You want some more audio? Um, here's shifting gears now. So that's a big story here locally, what Kansas City's going to do in the draft. They've got two first-round picks, three in the top 40 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just use all of them, Kansas City. Don't, don't get caught up trying to wheel and deal. Meanwhile, the biggest story heading into the draft is Debo Samuel, right? Yep, now, one of them. Now, Aaron Nagler – Nagler? Nagler? 220? 221? Whatever it takes. I'd probably say Nagler. Nagler, okay. Aaron Aaron Nagler, uh, he had a report that the Raiders were in talks with the Packers about a deal for Darren Waller. Really? And he had reported that Darren Waller was in the original deal to get Devontae Adams before the league shot it down. Now, Raiders officials have come out and said, yeah, no, no, that's not the case at Before all. Before the league sh- shot it down. Yeah, that apparently the league had a problem with something about it. I don't know. Huh. I I don't know. Why the heck would you be trying to get rid of Darren Waller? They're not. Because he's he, he's under contract for two more years, 
And the thought is that he's going to want a contract extension. Well, heck yeah, he's going to want a contract extension. I mean, he's one of the You're right. best young tight you ends. You could not be more right. And he's going to get it. He better. <laughs> Derek Carr took less money so Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller could get paid. But as it stands right now, um, that deal isn't happening. But Debo Samuel, could a trade be in the works? Here's what general manager John Lynch said yesterday. I can't ever imagine wanting to, to move on from Debo. Even though we don't have a first-round pick, you have to be thorough in this process and prepare for everything. And so you go through and do that. He's just too good of a player. I mean, you think of 2019, the 36th pick, to come up with someone like Debo who, you know, to me, has just been a game-changing player for our franchise. I've told Debo this. I, I think he's the perfect illustration. Herm Edwards used to talk about when will meets skill. Debo probably embodies that as much as anyone. He's a great teammate and nothing but appreciation for what he's bought, but you just don't let guys like that walk. That's interesting. That's the second time this morning we've heard will and skill. Be, Brent Venable said that about Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield. Right. He's got the will that succeeds the – exceeds the skill. Exactly. Exactly. Make your T-shirts. Um, and, by the way, there's another big trade target out there right now. So Debo's gone, right? Oh, he's so gone. By the <laughs> way, I cannot stop watching the video of the club where it's like Debo's out in San Francisco. And he's sitting there, he's like, nah. <laughs> I've laughed so hard at that, like, for two straight days. All right. Uh, meanwhile, there's another big name out there, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. So are, are, are you moving on from Jimmy G? Jimmy is working hard in the, in the rehab process. You know, he did his surgery down in Los Angeles and is doing the rehab down there. We've been in contact with his representation and in communication with him. I think the progress is good. You know, I said at the owners' meetings, you know, guys like that don't fall out of trees. He's a good player at a position where, you know, that they're hard to find. And so you certainly don't just give guys like that away and we can, I guess, foot the bill if you want to describe it as that. And so, you know, we'll be patient with that one. Makes go. sense. Um, but there is a lot on this Raiders-Darren Waller thing because all the Raiders reporters are like, the NFL doesn't even allow you to do that. And I, I don't, I guess it's like a first in a player. I don't know. I don't know what the rule is. I haven't dug deep enough. But then this theory is, well, it would be a first – and so the Raiders would just make it a second, and then you would trade a first and a second for Devontae Adams, and then before the draft, Green Bay would trade you their second for Darren Waller. But I'm like, I would hope you could at least let fetch a late first for Darren Waller. But, well, who knows? There's a lot of buzz around that, but none of it from the Vegas side. Of Interesting. So, wait, what about the trade wouldn't have been legal? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you at and it that hasn't time, happened. So no, I, I don't know if it, at that time you can pair a pick and a player. I don't know if there is a window for that. And someone I'm sure is correcting me like crazy on Twitter. But uh, there's a lot of NFL draft buzz going on. In fact, I'm only moving on due to the constraints of the broadcast clock. But here we are. All right, big story number two. Number two. Last night was a fun night in the NBA playoffs. You have... The Raptors doing their thing. Raptors front court. Siakam drive. The floater up and down. Clean for Pascal. Nice. It's, love that basement broadcast. Are they still mobile or something? <laughs> Crank that crowd mic up. What's going on? Uh, what, are we, what are we doing? Anyway, 
because there was a lot more people than that at the arena that I was watching. Though it was in Philly, and it was kind of quiet, so maybe it's maybe it is a little bit slow and low there. Uh, where was the post game from Joel and Bede? I knew I had that. Um, oh, here you go. Uh, oh, Embiid afterwards, after the Raptors beat the Sixers, here's what. Joel Embiid said after the game. I just got to play with more, you know, energy and uh, move my feet better. But uh, I just got to be better. He's just got to be better. Got to move his feet better. Um, more energy. He did take a shot at James Harden, but there's a bomb. And, and he talked about, you know, I got to be more aggressive. James got to be more aggressive. I've got to be more. It was one of those types of things. But he mentioned him first. And I think he dropped a bomb in it. So I'm, I need to double check to make sure it's not in there. Wow. But – you can sense the frustration building a little bit. Since it building, there was a team that was in control up three games to none, and all of a sudden it's three to two, and suddenly things get a little bit tight. Dallas, that was a huge win for them last night over the oh, how, Utah Jazz. How about the third quarter from Luka Doncic? Shot blocked by Doncic, picked up by Bullock. Oh, Luka feeling it here in the third quarter, and he's got it on the left side, and a heat check three is good. We okay audio-wise there, peeps? Uh, at one point, he had 19 points in the third quarter, and so did the Jazz. Dallas wins it. I guess there was a little altercation yeah. in this game. You know, everybody's excited. Uh, tempers are, Jason you know, Kidd. everybody's fighting for an inch. Um, it was not a big deal. I didn't think there was anything dirty about it. Actually, as a matter know. of fact, I kind of thought Luka Don- Doncic was, by the way, I'm sort I'm, of the instigator. I'm a, I'm a constant mispronouncer. But I tell you right now, as sure as my name is Plank, at some point I'll get Doncic and not Doncic. I don't know why. It's just it's been in my brain. It was like Ryan Robertson, who used to play for Kansas. For some reason, it got in my brain that it was Roberson <laughs> or vice versa. That's a really, really old school reach, and I couldn't unglue it and glue it back together. Sorry, I don't know. It's some disconnect. I do a lot of time on the radio. I'll allow it. And then the other game was the end. For the Brooklyn Nets. Free throw is in and out. No good. Irving with a rebound. And that's it. The buzzer sounds on a Celtic sweep. The Boston Celtics are moving on to the second round. As the Nets are swept by Boston. The final score here in Brooklyn in game four. The Celtics 116 and the Nets 112. So, Jason Tatum and company moving on up. The Celtics move on to the second round of the series where they'll face the winner of the Bucks bulls Three games to one right now in favor of Milwaukee. And as a matter of fact, we got a game between those two teams tonight. So you could uh, – no, tomorrow night. You could see the end of a couple series tonight. Well, you could see the end of one series. Hawks up uh, – Hawks down three games to one to Miami, but the series shifts back to Miami. Oh, boy. And it's been a struggle for Trey Young. Also tonight, 6.30, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. That's even at two games apiece. And the one seed in trouble tonight at 9 o'clock on TNT as New Orleans battles Phoenix. Gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Portal season, y'all. Welcome to portal season in the world of college football. Um, what does it mean? And I, I feel like we've learned a little bit more. I reached out to David Ub, and he hasn't got back to me yet. But I feel like we continue to learn a little bit more about what exactly a collective is, how is it helping, 
what's the amount of money that a player can get? Are are there any pitfalls? Well, I thought Gabe Eichert had something really interesting to say. And for those that aren't familiar, Gabe is working on a collective right now. With and, and I shouldn't say collective. Gabe's working on something right now for OU. And I think this collective that's out right now with Barry Switzer and Toby Keith. One Oklahoma. Has a few things that they need to iron out. And I thought Gabe explained it real well in his podcast. I'm going to play it for you coming up here in just a second. Because essentially, you set these up as nonprofits, and there might be some tax issues in the future. So that'll be explained, I think, coming up in just a bit. And also there are some trademark issues with some of the one Oklahoma things. But, I I mean, listen, it's out to try to do well for OU Athletics. So I hope everything is all good with it. I do. I don't know. But I know this much. We're learning a lot about them and how they can be beneficial. All right, quick break. When we come back right here on The Ref, see your tweets, your text. They're fire. It's Plank Show. All right, you want to roll through these? There's a lot of good ones here. I'm going to go back to um, I'm going to go back to last hour. Some of the good tweets that have rolled in. Now, oh wait, hold on. What's up? This it's really you speak for about thirty seconds ago. Five minutes. <laughs> We're oh. not. Don't even read that. No, 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 no. I do want to. It. Someone tweeted in and said, "Hey, it's frustrating to listen to the softball post game. Uh, you speak for about thirty seconds, then go to five minutes of commercials." I realize your sponsors make the broadcast, but there has to be some consideration for the fans. No, no, let me – I do want to respond to that because there is a – this happened happen in run rule games. So just – I'm going to pull back the curtain so you don't have to be upset about this again. For some reason, there was a massive miscommunication between a handful of producers and the guy who runs the radio network. And – It would vary from person to person. I'm going in the weeds on this because I think it's important. And what would happen is even after a run rule game, they said you got to take all the breaks. So let's just say Oklahoma won in the top of the fifth inning, and that was ball game. You still had bottom fifth, top, bottom six. That's three. Oh, really? Top, bottom of seven. Then there's one, and so you would end up with like ten commercial breaks, and I'm like, that's a yeah, you got to stack them somewhere. Oh, you football post game show, man! And usually we do about fifteen minutes post game. Now that we have coach, it might if we are able to to get coach post game, it might expand a little bit more. So I mean, I'm, I mean, would you rather someone be like, they win it five to three, break time, then I go to break. All right, welcome back. Uh, here's one stat, then they go to another break. It's just it it would become incessant. So they packed them all together, and that was it. What we did was basic, and what the rule had been is when the game ends, you go straight to the post game show. So that's why that was an issue, and I apologize because it angered me more than you can imagine. There was a there was one game where we ended up with a longer post game than the game itself. Really. Yes. Oh my goodness. Just because they they had those five minute breaks, you know, where they would put them together and you had to you had to make up. So thankfully everyone got together. I think it worked well because we had the game on the ref this weekend and it was what we were supposed to be doing with the with end at five. So that that's why. It's frustrating for it's frustrating for me. It's enraging to me. 
Can but I, we got it fixed. Can I also suggest as well? Go ahead. Tune into this show Monday through Friday, <laughs> where exactly. it is a full post game discussion for three hours every single Monday through Friday every day. from nine to noon. Yeah, you got us. We got you. But no, I. I mean, I get that. But I mean, I. I and, and it's funny because I have the um, the text right in front of me now. But you popped one up, and I was like, "Wait, hey, bleep that! Here's what's going on." Tell me, it's frustrating. Um, Toronto broadcast still travel limited by Canadian travel restrictions. In regards to the Raptors call we played, dude, I'm gonna tell you something. I tried to listen to Stern this morning. It's painful. Literally, everyone gets shamed if they leave the house. You're a terrible person if you're out in public. He needs to just retire. I mean, what are we doing right now, dude? Um, I Now, did Tyler get to this? Because going back to last hour, there is quite the Ralph Rucker supporter who, dating back to April 7th, has sent tweets about Ralph Rucker being the backup quarterback. And they're from the 918, so I I don't think it's like a family member or anything of that nature. So if this was read yesterday because it was sent yesterday, then again this morning after our conversation about backup quarterbacks, again, it was so obvious that Ralph Rucker was the clear backup guy from Saturday and had the last, uh, least opportunity to show it thanks to the first series with the first string cut to one play when Stoops fumbled. Why would you go out of the program to get a guy that's not as good as he is and would have to learn a new system that is apparently very difficult when we have someone? He had one season under Lincoln Riley, and he said that Rucker clearly separated himself from the others. From Saturday, he definitely has the best handle on the offensive scheme. Give the kid some love. See, and and that's... That's where you fall into a situation, Josh, where just because you say that you might be looking for someone else in that room doesn't necessarily think everyone sucks. Yeah, it's not an indictment on everybody already here. He's still just a a, a freshman or a sophomore walk-on, right? And I think he's he's awesome. But and there is an element of it, too, with Ralph Rucker to where look, yeah. he's not a scholarship guy. Um, here's a good one. Would Venables and Levy look at an Emory Jones? Not really starting material, but if the opportunity came. That's an interesting name. I hadn't thought of Emory Jones, the Florida transfer, whom we saw. By the way, he's an old man, too. I mean, he's he's been around for a while, but they had listed on a, I want to say a fan-sided list, the top five potential places he could end up transferring to. And um, of those five, one's already taken. Like, yeah, I had West Virginia mentioned as a possibility. But I guess he was looking at Missouri as a potential landing spot. But uh, that's a good one. Here's an interesting text with, you know, the land of hypotheticals. So if Spencer Rattler was still on our, our team, Caleb's still gone, but Gabriel transfers anyways. Who's our starter, Rattler or Gabriel? And if you say Rattler, that means we've downgraded. I think Dylan Gabriel would be the starter. Yeah, I do too. Because of the Levy factor. I do too. But it's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, Dylan Gabriel was not going to come here if either Rattler or Caleb Williams was still on campus. But just to entertain the hypothetical, I'll 
answer that I think Gabriel would have won the job. <laughs> That's an awesome take, Tiro. Um, this is good. Spot on on Pretty Boy Layman. He is an absolute fountain of football wisdom. In my humble opinion, he is an underappreciated resource for Sooner fans. Listen and learn, folks. You're getting schooled every day on the ref. I said that's been my biggest thing with him. Do you have access yourself over to the text messages over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Nice. Yeah. I finally got my own little username. Didn't mean to throw you off. I know you started to. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Well, I. I so if you see you one, if you see if you see one, jump in. Uh, this was actually pretty good. Toby will get a kick out of this. I've never heard Teddy and Gabe call a game before. It was awesome. We have all spring and summer to work on this. Can we get them for the full games? Obviously, Toby, too. But the insight they are giving and kept giving and explaining all game long as it unfolded was incredible. How about Chris oh, Plank? Can we keep him on the broadcast? Yeah, he said Plank. Yes, you down on the sidelines, of course. I've got some great news for you. I don't know how to put this, but. We're all entering year four together in calling games. Five, maybe. I think Gabe's first year was the Grant Calcaterra catch in the corner of the end zone. So that was Murray. So 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, we're entering our fifth year together. Breaking news. Uh, Chad in Tulsa writes, does Gabe Burkich get drafted? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but I think he's going to have a shot on a roster. I don't see any kickers being projected to be drafted. But you get to that fifth, sixth, seventh round, and maybe you're like, listen, I don't want to go get um, – who's the – I can't even think of a random kicker now for some reason. My mind just – I don't need to go get a Matt Bryan. I think he's been retired for 10 years. Or pull a – a Robbie Gold out of mothballs, even though he's a starting kicker. Let's just go get a Gay Burkich and see what he can do for us. No such thing as a dumb question. That's on the true. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Can players go to the draft, and if not drafted, can they come back if they have eligibility left, or is that door closed? Door's closed. That's a rule they should change. Right. You know, the NBA set a deadline, and the NFL set a deadline. And you have by that deadline. Now, from what I've heard, and the ah, NBA, you can do that, though. Yeah, you can come back. But from what I've heard, and what my understanding is, well, well, here, here's part of the problem. Let me back up because the NBA can. But a lot of times, your spot is then gone. Teams move on without you. So usually, if you go undrafted, you're still off to play professionally somewhere else. But you're right; it's in place for the NBA. With that in mind, for college. I wish they would. I wish they would. But the feeling is that they give you so many resources. It's like, listen, it's your decision, but here's what the scouts are saying about you. There is a chance that this can happen. All right, there's this risk. And if you still do it, then they're like, all right, see you later. Well, and you probably touched on the most important part, which is programs not waiting around after you make the decision to – into your name, into either the NFL or NBA draft. Though, I would challenge that I think Christian Brown will be welcomed back tomorrow at Kansas. Uh, and then, I think you're right. And real quick, I know we're running super long on this segment, and, and I'm sorry, but you guys, like I said, it's been the greatest comeback in the history of the show, what's going on in the text line right now. Um, for the 918, we have watched our secondary 
get destroyed for 10 years straight. Last year, one of the best defensive plays made against TCU was by Joshua Eaton. At six foot two, he can defend the jump ball. Then, in the spring game, he broke up a slant to save a TD. I am campaigning for more time and asking why isn't he being mentioned by you guys and Teddy to start? The former four-star needs to be starting. Big Joshua Eaton guy right here. I am a big Joshua Eaton guy. And you're right, after TCU, I, I remember I think we had Roy Manning on either after that game or the game after. And I just don't think that – I don't think there was a lot of confidence in a couple of guys after things would go badly for them. And I don't necessarily know if it was a negative thing, except they felt like if they put him back out there, it would end up doing more damage. And not necessarily for the team, for them too. So we'll see. I'm a big Joshua Eaton guy. I think he absolutely factors into the conversation for playing time at corner this year. Absolutely. Let's see what Magic Javali can work. Nice first text to uh, the station, by the way. Well, yeah, number one, a home run. Well done. A great I, inaugural text. I shall WTR1. <laughs> TR173. <laughs> it's a plank show. Is, is Connor Pasby in today? Oh, yeah. Connor is... He's heating up back there. He's getting ready. Oh, is he? Who's out? Parker. Oh, out. Oh, Parker's no, out? No, no. Uh, Teddy is out, I believe. Oh, no. So, Parker's doing the show with Tyler, I believe, and okay. Connor's stepping in to hang out with the I, Steel Man. I realized something. Um, I probably owe Teddy an apology. Teddy, you can have one of my vacation days. I never take him anyway. Um, what happened? They had asked me to fill in in the afternoon. And I was, I was down for it, but I, I couldn't give an answer right away because, I mean, I've got 800 jobs, man. And it actually kind of worked out okay. And Teddy was going to do this show, and then I was just going to do his show. So, Teddy, I'm sorry. I apologize. You can hate me. Um, with that in mind, there's one little area that we needed to clean up that we didn't get to yet that I had promised earlier. Twitter.com. But speaking of that, did you see this report from The Athletic about Jim Harbaugh? No. What's uh, the latest there? Max Olson has written a story about kind of what's wrong with Kansas. And I, I apologize. It's not Max Olson. It's Jason Jenkins. He, Max just retweeted it. And apparently in 2009, Jim Harbaugh wanted the Kansas job. And they decided to go in a different direction. Hired Turner Gill. That's right. Yeah. And Boy, that that is that's been a big mistake. Seemingly a a massive mistake. Now, I mean, who knows how successful Harbaugh would have been at Kansas? Well, that's the other thing. It's like, gosh, it would have made all the difference in the world, and 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 maybe that's that's somewhat fair. Now, Kansas was in a pretty good spot when when they were making that hire. I mean, relatively, oh, you know, relative to what we've seen absolutely. Over the last, you know, however, however many seasons and years since, Kansas was not far removed from an Orange Bowl win. But yeah, I mean, they were coming off a five and seven season, lost but, the last seven games of the year. But they were right. They were, were five, five and zero oh. oh and lost all all seven in in the year. That was after they had gone eight and five the year before. I still would have loved to see how Mangino could have done long term there. 
I wish he would have been given more time. I think he would have been great. Yeah. But that's that's as one I, interesting story. As I remind funny. people around here that constantly ask, oh, why was Mangino let go? What a worst mistake Kansas ever made. When you've got the types of stories that were coming out yeah. oh, in Kansas City and in Lawrence, I yeah. mean, and you'd lost seven straight. And the expectations had been raised because you just went to an orange. And I love Mark Mangino, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. I just don't think a lot of people around here understand what was going on. All right, so I mentioned there was a couple of tweets that I wanted to get to that uh, came in late yesterday on your biggest standout from the spring game. So, real quick before we uh, catch up on a segment, wrap things up with some news. Uh, Tony writes: the schooner was turning some fast laps. Seemed to be much better tackling. DBs were playing tighter. I did notice that the schooner looked very sleek on Saturday. But yeah, much better tackling. For fundamentally, right? You you saw things fundamentally. Um, biscuits and gravy. They weren't out there to play two below. The hit stick was definitely in play. <laughs> Tawi Walker doesn't look like a walk-on, right? Okie Lala. I talked about him today um, on a guest spot that I did for Jocks in Alabama. Yeah, I'm I'm reserving judgment. Yeah, yeah, we got a long way to go. Joseph writes, "We're back, but we never left." That was the great Baker Mayfield line. Oklahoma's back, but they never left. Uh, man, oh man, where to begin? We have so much depth; it's insane. My biggest takeaway, though, would have to be that the defense was flying around, and if they were able to hit the quarterback, there would have been a ton of sacks. Also, there were a lot of turnovers. And will with the ultimate. It no, it's no longer irrational to think they'll have a shot at the national title in year one. Eh, I hope you're right. Well, I, I, don't, you're I, right. Don't, I don't think that's ever been irrational. That's every year, bro. But I see what you're saying. All right, quick break. Oh, let's wrap it up with some news next. Oh, this is a song that if we're driving, Josh, it's getting sung at a very high volume in the car. This is a very underrated Incubus album. And by the way, it's saying very poorly. <laughs> Light grenades. <laughs> Big fan. Welcome back into the Plank Show final segment. It's our final segment. What did we accomplish anything today? I think so. We heard from Brent Venables. JT Gasso joined oh, us. Oh, JT came on back in the first hour. That seems like <laughs> we we basically today we decided right off the top, okay, let's make this productive and then we could just <laughs> get a good get a good guest around. out of the bay. And and we did. You guys were great on on our Air Comfort Solutions text line all day long at 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. I had one straggler that I wanted to bring up that I, I didn't I didn't get to in the conversation about the spring game and kind of what stood out and one did. And again, very everything's very positive, right? But there's always questions, and I think it's natural to have questions, but someone had brought up concerns about the offensive line. And it's funny because when we went into the game, and I know we've only got a, it, it, we've only got a couple of minutes left in the show, but you, you and you and I talked about it as a storyline, but then a storyline that would be impossible to truly gauge coming out of Saturday. But then it would also be concerning if certain things happen. And at points, it seemed very concerning because certain things happen, like protection breakdowns and miscommunication. Turnovers. 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 Fumble-itis. 
Yes. So I don't I don't have an answer to the offensive line question. Except to say your hope is that, you know, more time with Schmitty, more time in understanding what Beatenbow wants really puts them in a position to where it's not a boy, are they gonna be okay? It's absolutely incredible. The good news is Swinson will be back, and then everybody can <laughs> <Stop>. relax. <laughs> don't don't say that. Suddenly, our uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line will be absolutely. He's going to be starting up. all five positions. We'll be good. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I think everyone realizes needs to get better. And I'll tell you what, it's it's going to. They really like the TCU transfer kid a lot. And I'll tell you what, in looking at him over on the sidelines, does not look like an offensive lineman. Like coming off the field, you're like, is that like an extra tight end or a? D-? He looks slim. They'll and get it's it not. out. They got so much time, man, and have some good options up front. And they had it scattered. You, you really can't. It's tough to gauge, a, you know, much of anything. Oh, because everyone from the was spring game. All right, still, man. In- Connor? Steelman and Pasby? Coming up next for Josh on Plank. Uh, I'll be at Cavens tomorrow because I'm traveling up to KC. Everyone enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Show never stops on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. We'll see you tomorrow.